you have fought your way through various perils and trials in order to face me, the final hurdle. The question is, I have just rolled a dice, and I have rolled either a five or a six. But which is it? Do you feel lucky, punk? <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> Why am I doing a Dark Souls intro? Well, it's quite simply, um, there comes a point in every podcast where you have to end up speaking to somebody who loves the video game called Dark Souls. Um, so, first of all, welcome. This is We're Not Wizards. Uh, my name's Richard, and joining me tonight is is the fantastic Mr. Jeremy Greer from the various podcasts, including <laughs> Don't Give Up Skeleton and um, Dark Insight. And have I covered everything? Pretty much. I um, think so. That's about, much, those are my two much. regulars. Uh, I've also, I do episodes of Bonfire Side Chat and uh, we are do. slowly but surely getting closer to the X-Men animated series podcast being funded. So I'm very much looking forward yes. to that. Um, yeah, I've seen, I've seen that. I've seen that. But so, hello, Jeremy. Thank you for coming on. We have obviously we've obviously spoken before when I was on the the Dark Insight um, episode twenty two, I think it was. So um, I'm so impressed when people remember like what their episode numbers of podcast. But I I couldn't possibly tell you anything I've said on a podcast like this week. It's just a, <laughs> it's just a bit of vanity, isn't it? It's the episode. <laughs> It's the episode of like, I know I'm on, so I'm like downloading it, then going in, deleting it, downloading it, deleting it, just getting the list of numbers up to you. Yeah, so I bring you back on. I see how this goes. It's a popular podcast. (laughs) All of our other podcasts are about 400 listens, but Richard's is 4,000. That's a weird thing. That's Hmm. a lot of clicking. Mm -hmm. See, that's what I should maybe just go back on it again at some point (laughs) and help you between (laughs) you. You and you and your current feud with uh, <laughs> with, with Cliff Patty, uh, or Cliff. Yeah, <laughs> me and Cliff are not speaking. Yeah, I've got feuds with everybody in the podcast biz. This that's how you. That's how you get popular. Me and Gary had a feud for a feud for a while, where because um, I talked some shit about his cat, and he didn't like that. So me and him had the thing, and then we finally buried the hatchet and, and went on. And uh, now Patty, for some reason, is just calling me the worst all the time, and Cliff is just refusing to podcast with me, like I'm podcast poison. I think that's ridiculous. So by the end of this, hopefully you will either have gained a good friend for life or you've gained another enemy. So let's, let's <laughs> get, see get another works. enemy to add to the list. I hope my, so, uh, my impression of a Dark Souls NPC came across, by the way, because anytime I'm thinking of a, of a Dark Souls character laughing, I think of that weird <laughs> thing that they all do. So. I was going to do the, um, I was going to do the, um, one of the serpents, I think, and click my teeth afterwards. Can I go there? Ugh. Ugh. Ah, stop that noise. Chosen undead. <laughs> Shall I take you downstairs into my serpent lair? No. Like that. <laughs> anyway, oh, let's man. dial it back a bit because we've just... Me and Jeremy, um, for those we might have guessed, me and Jeremy have kind of grown and kind of talk quite a bit um, over the last couple of months now, um, which is good, but also means for people that are not... <laughs> You're listening to this and going, what the hell is going on between these two? This is just going to be an episode full of nonsense. Um, this is We Are Not Wizards. Yes, we're going to talk about some board games. It's not going to be about Dark Souls. There might be a little bit of Dark Souls. We thought 
after we did the episode with Gary Butterfield, we did have to kind of bring in a little bit of Dark Souls. <laughs> because <laughs> I think that people were like, Gary Butterfield's on. That means Dark Souls. And it's like, no. <laughs> we talked a remarkable non-amount of Dark Souls. But um, yeah, so again, Jeremy, thank you for coming and joining the podcast this evening. Um, for those who want to know why we do this, the reason that we do this is because there are quite simply not enough podcasts about board games. And also, there are quite simply not enough podcasts just being done by two guys. <laughs> yeah, the old... we got to really get rid, get, get the, the in the podcast charts for two white guys sharing their opinions <laughs> with the world. Like, And I know Gary made that joke, but it's a joke I make all the time on Don't Give Up Skeleton, so I'm, I'm not it's stealing. Just, yeah, it's, um, it's like Shaun of the Dead. It's like, I'll stop doing it when you stop laughing. <laughs> Um, we are, thank you, it, by the way, for for having me on. I really appreciate it. I've just been I've been looking forward to this for a while because obviously there's quite a bit of a time difference, um, just with where you are and where I am. So, um, trying to get this kind of organized <laughs> was a little bit of a oh okay oh okay. Um, I mean let's let's. I mean you're in you're in the good well you're in the good position where. Obviously, um, you're kind of getting into this board gamey, role playing type hobby. Um, you're quite new to this, aren't you? Because you've you've not played a lot of board games and card games and the likes, have you? I have not. My my board game experience is limited to like the like monopolies of the world, like all your Hasbro games. Like that's that was my stuff that we played growing up, and um. It, and as soon as I discovered video games and realized I could play those by myself and not have to be around my family, I went immediately <laughs> to video games. Did not pass go. I even played Monopoly by myself on my Super Nintendo one day for oh, like eight yeah. hours. Like I was, I was that kid. Um, Cause you know, I just, there were, I had a bunch of cousins my age, but they were all kind of like, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say garbage people, but they're not going to listen to this. So let's just say garbage people. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> what was it like, Jeremy? What are you doing with that TV there? Are you, what's he doing with that? There's a box next to the television. Oh, Do you man. have to wind that up? They it's, were it's uh, very much more into like, let's go find something and break it, or let's go blow something <laughs> up, or as we started getting a little older, like let's go like find this truck and put a new carburetor into it, which I was. Not interested in that whatsoever. Um, I was, so you weren't getting you weren't getting your hands dirty, were no, you? No, no, not at all. I, I, I don't even sweat when my hands don't sweat when I play video games. They're pristine. It's fantastic. <laughs> you have a little nail buffer at the side just in case you don't cleanse a nail, a chinkle nail, or something like that. If you can't video game while getting a pedicure at the same time, I don't even want to speak to you. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why when you decided to open up your series of successful nail bars? Yeah, my my, uh, my nail cage. Yeah, my nail cage, as I like to call them. It's a combination <laughs> nail bar and arcade. <laughs> Playing pedicure. Do you know? I, I'm getting I, run out of business by the barcades that are unfortunately running that are popping up everywhere. So I think they're quite dangerous because obviously they get people drunk while they play. Well, I mean, your feet after they finish, you you finish with a pair of feet, and they are just minty fresh. So I've heard, you know, but I've not seen the advert on telly, but I've heard it's quite good. Well, that's what and all the Yelp is... reviews say. So, and I'm definitely not paying for those. Not at all. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sure there's lots of people that have obviously come from France and Germany and places like that have definitely visited your famous pedicure. <laughs> <laughs> 
absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, they come from I knew all this over was the world. Happen. No, yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're yeah. gonna get on. Yeah, we're gonna have to rein you, and this is gonna be have um, to be like we're gonna have to have like a safe word or something. <laughs> no, let's not have a safe word because then we're just gonna start dying laughing every time someone says no, pineapple. <laughs> Um, but to go back to board games, I, I didn't play them. And even, despite, like, I was a very nerdy kid. And, um, like, I, I knew guys that were playing D&D. And I knew guys mm. that were, like, doing weird board games. But I just never got into it, like, for one reason or the other. Like, we just never hooked up to do, make that, like, a normal thing. And then I turned a corner, like, somewhere around 18 or 19 where I was, like, way too cool for that shit, right? Because I'm, like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I would stop playing video games except for just a handful with my friends. And, um, <laughs> you start hanging about and going, don't speak to them. Yeah, I, I mean, with, I started smoking, I started drinking, I started rolling up packs of cigarettes in my uh, in my arm sleeve. Like, I was, you know, full greaser mode. Um, you cool. Did you have a check, a check shirt that was rolled up at the sleeves? I'm wearing it right now. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> It's the same one. It's the same one. It's the same one. I've only had to replace the sleeves twenty-two times and the main body of the shirt fifteen times. No but big, no big deal. Like I got a sleeve guy down here. Sleeve guy, hook you up, no problem. Um. So I mean, obviously, one of the things that we have, I mean, and this is interesting because obviously, one of the things that we're doing is even though board games are in a golden age at the moment. One of the things we do at We Are Not Wizards is if we are talking about something, we'll try and explain it, you know, because we we kind of generally like to think that while um, we're not kind of experts, we make mistakes, I say stupid stuff all the time. But, I mean, currently you've been playing, you've been getting into a bit of D&D, sure. which is obviously Dungeons and Dragons, which if anyone's been watching Stranger Things... Yes, that was a bit of a focus. I tell We're not you, going there. Watching no. uh, Stranger Things and watching those kids get so into playing D anD D, like at the very, <laughs> it's the very first episode. Like we're not talking spoilers or anything. Like it's just no. kids playing D anD D. It made me because I had like literally the night before um, done my first campaign, and it made me realize how much I had missed on as a kid. Like because at I'm 35, so my imagination is just atrophied at this point like anytime i start thinking about like a mythical dragon i just picture myself doing my taxes it's the worst <laughs> and here are these like four kids that are just so into it they're like falling down on the ground and yelling at each other and i thought to myself man i how did i miss out of this like how did i miss out um you imagine a realistic kind of D nowadays it's like you walk into the kitchen, and what do I see? <laughs> it appears apparently the air conditioning could possibly on its way out, and you're like, damn, oh no, not the air conditioning. That's going to cost me a fortune. Uh, oh, you hear a jingle at the door. There are some posts coming through the letterbox. One of them looks mysteriously like a tax bill. What do you do? It's like, oh, damn, do I roll dexterity? Do I roll keeping my cool? Or do I just go to the drinks cabinet and pour myself a long one? <laughs> that would be adult D&D. Richard, you can't end every campaign by getting drunk by yourself in the bathroom. <laughs> this is the third campaign that's ended this way. Exactly. Uh, if I want to cry, in, if I want to cry in the bath and mess myself, I will. <laughs> you just, you just created this bathroom cry. <laughs> it's a skill. I've got it rolled into every single campaign that we do. It's like, no, you can have dexterity, you can have strength, you can have the ability to communicate to to animals. Drinking lots of gin and being <laughs> sick in the stone toilet of Azrigad does not count. 
<laughs> oh, this is going to be a four-hour podcast. I can already see. It's, it's good that I'm like new, right? Because I don't have much to talk about. Like Gary can probably talk about like 18 board games he's played yesterday, and I'm like, I've played two. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, we, I mean, no, I mean that's fine. Dean, I mean, as going into, I mean, yeah, explain what you're actually doing in D and D because one of these things is everybody assumes when you say Dungeons and Dragons, it's like everybody assumes that everybody knows what the hell D and D is. So somebody who's going through the process, I mean, what, how, how much playing have you done compared to how much building up a character? I mean, is it the trope that you do spend like the first six hours building up your character before you can do anything? So let me let me give this some context because that will yeah. probably explain a little bit. Um, Let's do that. Um, th- and this actually involves Gary again, not, not just to mention him constantly throughout the episode, but uh, Gary Butterfield <laughs> ran a uh, Kickstarter <laughs> For his yes, Souls of Darkness book. And uh, one of the backing tiers on that was um, to whoever backed him at a certain amount uh, could do a podcast of their choice with him. Yeah. And the guy that backed at that certain amount was a guy by the name of Brian Wade. And, uh, and we all know Brian. And we all we know, know Brian. Brian. Yeah, B. Well, Wade is, is, is a really great guy. He's um, People that don't know Brian, um, Brian has done a lot of stuff with... Um, yeah, he's, he's a regular a, in Bonfireside Chat, which is a podcast about Dark Souls. So. He's, a, he's a big supporter of them, and uh, he was on Don't Give Up Skeletons. So you can go listen to his yep. his opinions. Um, I actually did something neat where he he listened to, between the time we recorded and I released his episode, he listened to a bunch of episodes of people praising Bloodborne, went back, played Bloodborne, fell back in love with it, so I recorded an addendum with him. To, so he can actually listen to a kind oh, of a before and true. after. Anyway, uh, so Brian told Gary, I want to do a like a one-off D&D campaign with you. And mm-hmm. I want um, Jeremy Greer to be there. And I want to, I'm going to find a DM for us. And I want your friend, Brayton Cameron, um, who was Gary's roommate and good friend. You may know him from yeah, the yeah. pitch or the um, uh, teenage dirt bags. Yes. So Brian found a DM in the, and one Shane Kelly. Uh, okay. Shane and his brother, Reagan Kelly, God, I hope it's Kelly. Now I'm getting confused. They well, both we run the... Him. Yeah, we can correct it in post. This we will all be fixed in, in post. Notes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or we can go back and I can edit this. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> and just, just put a ridiculous accent on as well. <laughs> it's Shane McIntyre. It's Mason Pennymaking. It's Mason Pennymaking. All the way through. And it'd be um, beautiful. Anyway, so, you were so Shane and Reagan run the Short Game podcast, which is a, a really great podcast um, about specifically short games, like games you can finish in a couple of hours. Yeah, okay. um, I didn't realize this at the time, but Shane is apparently a very experienced DM. He's he runs a weekly game and he hosts a game over Skype with some of his friends. Like he's got a lot of experience doing this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so the five of us, right? One, two, three, four, five. Uh, Picked a date, which was pretty hard to do between like four different time zones. Uh, yeah. Shane said, everybody, you know, make your characters and submit them to me. So me and Brian got on Skype and he kind of walked me through the character creation process. So that took us about an hour and a half over two sessions. How did you find that? Because, I mean, obviously what you get is you get a whole pile of values and it is things like dexterity and perception. And, oh, yeah, this um, is this stuff was so intimidating to me can i just tell you like seeing this stuff was just impossible uh shane linked us to this resource online that has like a pdf that you can fill in yeah. so like you're typing in barbarian and it kind of automatically populates the rest of your stats and then you choose 
I should go get my character sheet now, now that I'm thinking about it. But like, then you choose like your skills or whatever, and it recalculates stuff for you. So it just does every the the, the PDF sheet just did everything for us. Uh-huh. And and Brian like walked me through okay. Like he kind of steered me to, towards being a barbarian because my first instinct on all of this stuff when I play <clears throat> Lark Souls is to be like a, a sorcerer <laughs> or a mage. Oh my goodness! Um, and he said like magic is just way too complicated. Like you're not going to have fun doing that. Like until you kind of learn the system a little bit. So he says, just be no. a barbarian. You can be my bodyguard, mm. and that way, like you'll have a, a kind of a mission, a, re, a raison d'être, and you'll have yeah. like like that'll be kind of your thing. So. That's what we did, and he helped me run through that, and made me a barbarian. We named him Axhole, um, <laughs> <laughs> which I think was a good name. Thank you, Murph um, Murphy. Uh, that's he, amazing. He helped us name that, uh, and yeah. One day we all jumped on Skype, and we like spent about three and a half hours on a like it was just a one shot campaign. So like we didn't. Yeah. So like we started our characters. And Shane had all of this stuff kind of lined out, and we just did the thing, and I was very intimidated by it did you because some people go for it now one of the one of the um one of the friends of the show that we have is a podcast called magic and steel and they're currently running a a dungeons and dragons kind of campaign themselves and they do it in like 45 minute shots and it's it's good fun and it's it's, it's a good thing to listen to because it kind of they're actually going through the story but the reason that it comes across well as a podcast is because people really kind of get into it and they're doing voices and there's a bit of interplay and chat and stuff like that. So is that kind of how it was? Did you, did you jump in with your full kind of acting chops or? I was, I was so like intimidated um, Mm. because immediately Shane started doing like crazy voices and like (laughs) doing this whole thing, getting like really into it. And, uh, I I just like couldn't bring myself to do it. I'm not a much of a theater guy at all, despite spending some time at you know like the local theater project when I was a kid mm. uh, or a teenager. But like I'm not a I'm not a theater guy. Like I, I can't I don't do crazy accents. Like I, this comes up on the X Men podcast all the time because I'm from Louisiana, so I should have like this real thick Cajun accent. But Gary does a better <laughs> Gambit accent than I do, which is ridiculous. Um, so. Yeah, people were doing that, and I was trying to get into it. Like, I would try to chime in every once in a while. But the great thing about that group is, number one, we weren't like, no, not one of us was like, oh, no, you're, you're not allowed to do that. Fifth edition rules, page, chapter 47, page 233. Yeah. Doesn't, like, nobody was doing that. Yeah. Um, you don't need, like, I mean, I think one of the, a good kind of, um, a good kind of DM will just let things flow. Mm-hmm. And we'll know when things are being serious, and we'll know when, People are having a laugh, and you know, and and we'll jump in and let people kind of do what they do, and not try to be too much of a kind of a, I guess, kind of like a, a bit of a rule sergeant over it, saying you can't do this, you can't do that, especially in your first game. Um, I mean, at the club, there there's so many different rule sets going about. You've got like the there's a Pathfinder rule set, there's like a a Rune Quest rule set. There's so many different. There must be a new RPG kind of system out on Kickstarter at least every couple of months, which people are trying to put out there. Mm-hmm. But it comes down to the people because there are, um, in the local group that, that I'm going to, there is a guy who is fantastic at it. He just really, really inhabits what he does and he's really, really kind of, he's really good at what he does and making people feel welcome and stuff like that as, that as well. 
when I mean, how did you work with it? How did you find the system? I mean, obviously you've been playing with people who were quite experienced. So how did you find kind of getting around the system? Did you find it easy? Was it a pain in the ass? Or It wasn't... Um the way that everything kind of flowed, uh, I wasn't the first person to react in a lot of times. Mm. So, it, you know, when we get to a combat situation that for the first time, I'm kind of looking to the other guys to, to see how they, what they do. And mm. the, the part that was the most confusing is like, which die do I roll? Like, how do yes. I calculate damage? Like some of that stuff was really confusing. And I just didn't, cause I haven't been doing it for 20 years. Like I don't have that natural instinct. So, you know, I would say things like, okay, I want to hit the wolf in the face or actually the best one. And this is just a very brief story. The best one is um, this. I think it was like a, uh, it might've been a wolf or an orc or something. And I wanted to run in from outside into this house and then dive and tackle this enemy so that I can hold him down so that my, cause I was a pretty dumb, but so my my smart friends could interrogate it. And um, so I like, I was saying that like, and so, and I kind of figured like, okay, I'm on the right path here. And I rolled my dice and I failed miserably. Like, and of course, Shane, the DM is like, you run in, you dive and you are six inches to the left and you crash into a wall. Yeah. (laughs) And so like, but they kind of helped me through all of like the technical stuff and it wasn't, um, and then by the end of it, I was finally kind of getting a grasp on it. I think if I did it two or three more times, that stuff would become a lot more natural. Uh, so I didn't like once I did it, I, I was pretty comfortable doing it. But I still had to ask questions like, OK, now I'm in like fury mode or rage mode or berserker mode or whatever they call it. Uh, yeah. Like so that gives me three turns because of this. And like, so uh-huh. do I need does that take two of my turns now if I do that or do yeah. I just still get like those kind of questions came out. A lot of the a lot of the systems, and I think what happened, especially with like some of the D and D systems, is they get to certain levels of additions, and then what happens is you can't just kind of punch somebody in the face. You punch somebody in the face, but you've got to work out: Are you using the correct limb? Is it the stronger one? What's your aim like? What's your dexterity <laughs> yeah. like? You know, uh-huh. I mean, what way is the wind blowing? You know, is it is it a good day? Are you okay in your mind at the moment for doing this type of thing, or do you need to talk about it with somebody first before you punch the face of an orc? Did your Did Where you and it? your wife have a fight before you came to the adventure <laughs> party tonight? Did you guys Have you guys been trying to have children and it's not going well? Are you is our finances okay? Like, is her father in law staying too long at the house? Like, is that what's happening? Like, you got did you in laws? Did you walk into the kitchen and realize that the AC was possibly not going to be working and that you were probably going to end up drinking in your bath? Um, <laughs> well, I mean. I don't have to walk into the kitchen to realize that second thing. I just just walk into the bathroom and the liquor's already there. <laughs> but I think what they've done recently is they've, they've 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 looked at that and said, okay, let's strip back a lot of the the fluff that's gone in because you can take a real system so far before it becomes ridiculous, and then you, you you're almost building up a wall for new players because new players will come in and they'll look at a book and they'll realize that it's a book that's like. I mean, you you've probably seen the rule books. They're a good hundred odd pages long, sure, and it's yeah. table after table and stuff like that. So unless you know your way around it, you can you can end up you can end up kind of kind of pretty lost. But there are plenty of kind of rule systems out. Me and um, me and Paddy, um, who was on the show um, a couple of weeks ago now, he's taken. Uh, he was talking about on his episode uh, a kind of an RPG to do with. Um, to do with time control, so basically you were a 
you were investigating you were investigating a scene you were able to kind of like motive, um, manipulate time travel back in time in order to kind of make certain events kind of happen um, so he was talking about that system so that's something that I, you know would be quite interesting the whole kind of role playing stuff has gone down so many different avenues now that there's there's there should be something that would suit suit everything mm-hmm. but obviously the main thing for yourself is it's getting people together to be able to play you know a game in a kind of a in a kind of a group i mean you sound like you had a good time oh i had a very good time uh i, I enjoyed myself immensely my wife said because i kind of sequestered myself into a side room because i knew it was going to be like a three or four hour thing so i didn't want to like mm. take up the living room so she couldn't watch tv or anything um and she just she said she kept hearing me like cackle from the other room because i was laughing so hard because <laughs> i mean if you can imagine like gary and brian are both super funny shane is a super funny guy and brayton is a super funny guy like the four of those dudes and me like cutting up with like orcs and wizards and stuff like we're just it was just funny like we just had a really good time and yeah I, that's one thing that makes me hesitant to like seek out a group because i've heard yeah. like you and patty talking i think it, you, you were saying that he had that you had like a local group and that you could yeah. yeah and i'm hesitant to do that because i'm so worried that it it'll like the people there that will turn me off and i know i should just commit right like because i'm I, you can just go make friends i'm an adult I, man but you know my my thing about going to local great game group was quite simply was i guess it was the whole thing about um going out and just deciding i need to get myself a hobby where I'm kind of having more kind of interaction with other people mm-hmm. and not just maybe staring at a screen and speaking to people over a computer. You know, I go on about this all the time, about one of the reasons I really like board games is the social interaction, kind of face-to-face kind of interaction that you get. And for anyone that kind of has any doubts, if they see the advert for the local group, and the thing is this, that... Usually, um, I've never seen, I mean, I've never, I never, the the group that I've gone to is like really, really welcoming and they've, they've got so many different games kind of going that, yeah, I mean, I think um, you'd be surprised. Oh, I'm sure I, <laughs> I would be. Yeah. It's the Groucho Marx kind of thing. I wouldn't want to be, a, I wouldn't want to be a member of a club that would have me as a member. <laughs> yeah. Kind of thing. But um, The Jeremy think, Greer fan club is just one guy being there ironically. <laughs> he wanted a free t-shirt that's all it exists <laughs> i'd like to come on your don't give up the skeletons podcast <laughs> you ever played dark souls i played the second one you know that lords of the fallen one oh, that was <laughs> click <laughs> i gotta go <laughs> i'm moving real, that was real good i just like the big armor on the shoulders and you know some of the ways that did the spells oh god dude you're <laughs> killing me that game Ugh. <laughs> It's okay. Um, it's okay. You can talk. You can talk about. You can talk. Lord, Lords of the Fallen is for for people that are listening. Don't you can Google it. Um, it's it is one of Jeremy's favorite games alongside <laughs> <laughs> alongside the Assassin's Creed um, Syndicate series. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, um, <laughs> you know me so well, Richard. I can't believe. Are you? Have you been following me? Like, are you stalking my gaming habits? Like, are you following me on PSN or something? If you look out your window. The third tree to the right that looks slightly fat—that's me. Oh, I have been meaning to put that tree on a diet. I wish I could see it, see you behind it, but the tree is so fat. Watch it. <laughs> Got to give you some fertilizer light tree. It's still not too late to go through and edit this, and just every thirty seconds you say, "Hmm, 
I don't really like Dark Souls. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> I don't even play Dark Souls. I just podcast about it all the time. Exactly. Like... <laughs> you don't play about it anymore. I've, I've, I've never got over what they've done with the third one. Um, but anyway. <laughs> but you know, yeah, one thing I mean, um, you, you mentioned about, like, I'd be surprised about like the local group being accepting is um, I don't know if it's too soon to jump into like the next segment. I don't know if I'm taking away your podcast control or anything, but uh, I have played a board game and I played it in public, which was an interesting experience. Um, Tell us about this. Cause one, obviously one of the other things is this is get, this is the get, get, get it to the table section. Okay. So cool. if you've got so, it to the table, if you've so got we brought it, it, we brought it to the bar. That's <laughs> what we did. It, if you got it on the table, <laughs> Then, then you can get the board game um, and tell everybody about it. No, but yeah, you mentioned yeah, you did mention another one that you were you so, been playing as well. But before we even get into the game itself, like we went to the our like our local like hangout place where we know people and everything, and mm-hmm. um, set this board game up of like cards and some dice and some other stuff. I think there was mm-hmm. yeah, there was definitely dice, and you, I was just amazed at the people like waiters and waitresses that we know pretty well because we're there every weekend, and like other regulars would come over and be like, "What's all this?" And we would explain <laughs> it, and like they seemed very interested in it. Like they weren't. I just automatically expect people to be so judgmental about that stuff. Like, and I I should mm-hmm. I should get away from that. Like I should just say, say okay, I'm going to go to the local comic shop that I know does magic tournaments and probably other board games oh no don't do stuff. magic well no, no no i'm just saying i'm sure no. they do other stuff yeah no no no, no the magic people they are a bit weird yeah they like double they like double no i'm only joking magic people we love you but you are weird you like double and triple sleeve things you should you get, get a uh, bad card. You, should, you should get b wade on the podcast man he loves you that get, magic stuff i know which is why i'm kind of like i shouldn't be too nasty because i'm going to go up to brian and say brian do you fancy being on the co- podcast is no I listen to your episode. I listened to, yeah. Jeremy. I know what you I said. Heard, I heard what you had to say about me and my brothers. <laughs> Mate, you put like a plastic sleeve and a bit of cardboard, and then you put another plastic sleeve on top of that plastic sleeve to protect the plastic sleeve that's on top of the cardboard. I don't know what's with that. And do you hear that? What 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 magic? Um, what they've done now with the new magic cards? If they've traditionally they were all one sided. Mm-hmm. So what they've done is they've introduced new cards which are double-sided. Okay. So the entire magic sleeve industry is going, what? <laughs> what do we do? What, what have you done? How what has nobody you, invented what? transparent cardboard? Exactly. <laughs> we were sitting Did on our imagine? hands. Can you, ah, there was a moment and we missed it. <laughs> it's the production meeting. So what are we going to do in the back of the card this year? Well, we could do some um, dragons. Sure. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, Let's yeah. do that. Let's roll that because we can't do anything. Hey, how about, how about this? We can put some land on it. That's like the only thing I know about magic is some cards are land. <laughs> I don't know. Even, I don't even know if that was a good joke, but like put and some black, land on it. <laughs> black orchid as well. Okay, sure. Yeah, I don't even know that. Oh, there's a black um, orchid. Everybody knows about that. Apparently, that's a really expensive card. But no, uh, okay. well, I'm only joking about the magic people because I, I know a few of them. And, and yeah, I mean, it's a good it's a good game that's captured an entire world by storm, and, and it's got a lot of people into board games as well. But yeah, I mean, again, with the local kind of shops, a lot of them are doing kind of little nights, and they'll also have demo nights and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I mean, I mean, it's really weird because even like ten, five, ten years ago, well, no, okay. Go be, go before that. There was I remember at Dungeons. There was a D and D shop that opened, or a game shop that opened when I was in high school. It lasted about eighteen months, and then it closed down because there just wasn't any interest. And then nowadays they seem to be springing up proper 
tabletop cafes they're called Mm -hmm. and you can go in you can get a cup of tea and a bagel and you know or you know or a crumpet or a pancake whatever your bakery kind of (laughs) thing is tell me what else you can get at a bakery (laughs) do they have cakes there your cookies are called biscuits and i don't like that at all (laughs) they may have donuts well i don't care because i've got a wheat allergy so you know the whole thing can just die in a fire (laughs) (laughs) so so do you it's not the great british bake-off it's the worst british bake-off it's like this is just like punching me in the face while i'm watching folk going look at these lovely cakes that you can't ever eat Yeah. Don't worry. I feel this. I feel the same way. Like I look at them on TV making all kinds of crazy stuff, and I'm like, "Mm, I wish I could have that. Instead, I'm just going to have these nachos. (laughs) (laughs) Look at you. You're just ruining bread. That's all you're doing. You think you're being clever, but you're just doing clever things with bread. I wonder if it would taste good if I took this macaroni and cheese powder and put it on two pieces of bread and put that in the (laughs) oven for ten minutes. So yeah, before we get too off subject, uh, I, I should I should embrace the local stuff more. I just I'm so yeah. I think I'm so nervous as from even being a kid of anything being like a I don't know like like a, a, a stigma of being a nerd. Um, uh huh. Yeah. But the game we brought to the bar was a board game called Marry Mister Darcy. And yeah. uh, and shout outs to the short game podcast. There's a lady on there whose name I am regretfully not remembering, Lauren something, who talked about playing this at one of her board game nights. And uh, okay, for a little for a little history, my father in law over the last couple of years has developed this. I don't think it's a fetish because I'm pretty sure it's not sexual. So just this <laughs> okay. really deep interest in um, like the Jane Austen books like since not since insensibility but um pride and prejudice oh yeah okay so it's he's a popular yeah oh yeah popular one amongst um, uh, amongst 70 year old white dudes in south, south louisiana I, I, um, I mean they've got an entire section <laughs> <laughs> the 70 year old white dudes have a section or pride and prejudice yeah, I, think, has a section? I think i think both is both, applicable yeah. um so, so anyway yeah so he's consumed like all of the movies and like every weekend we go out to eat and have a couple of beers. And he's like, have you, did you see the 1942 version of da, 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 da? And I'm like, Mark, you, you know, I haven't like, <laughs> there was, I'm not, it's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> just, if this is a conversation opener, we're going to have to start again. <laughs> yeah. We needed a, yeah, you were in sales. I'm sure you didn't lead with pride and prejudice when you were in sales. Um, maybe you did. Leader, maybe. I married him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So we got this for him for Father's Day because uh, he's read all the books, he's watched all the movies, and uh, the lady um, on the short game was talking about how much fun it was. And the concept of the game, are you familiar with it, first off? Do you know anything about it? No, I'm not. So I'm I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm as interested to hear about it as, you know. So uh, I don't know, like, what is unique to card games versus what is unique to just, like, this game. So if I I step all over myself saying dumb stuff, please just leave. Oh. That was loud. Please just leave like hateful comments on um, Richard's blog. Just just keep it on Richard's blog. Don't bring it to my Twitter, Richard's blog. So the the the, the crux of the game is everybody picks a uh, a what is the that was just your warning that you were doing something wrong. Uh, yeah, wow, <laughs> it worked because now I've destroyed all of my words. Uh, everybody picks a, a lady. And the goal of the game is to uh, marry your most eligible husband. So um, yeah. each each lady has a certain amount of charisma, has a certain amount of uh, beauty, has a certain amount of intelligence. Yeah, and they have a, a certain 
bachelors um, out of the deck of which there's like, you know, there's eight or nine ladies and there's eight or nine uh, bachelor dudes all from the books from what I understand. All right. Okay. And, um, you, you pick your lady and the card tells you like, Hey, you have this many points in this. And if you look on the back, you, you have like your preferred dude. So like if you marry Mr. Darcy, that could be 15 points where if you married, I don't remember any of the names for this game. So forgive me guys. I'm sorry if I'm offending any Jane Austen fans out there <laughs> no, again, be fine. Richard's block. I'm not sure how many, I'm not sure how many weird not wizard people are completely <laughs> into Biden, but just, there'll probably be about five that we'll get some really, really angry messages from. <laughs> That's great, man. I want some Jane Austen hate mail. That'd get be this great. American, you get this damn American yeah. chap. Get this, get this podcast. idiot <laughs> insulting our culture. Doesn't even know his literature. <laughs> probably can't even say the word literature. Not like that i can't um <laughs> so that all on the back of a uh, on a lady's card will have like a scale of you know that this is your top dude that you can marry for marriage points and this is your uh, bottom dude for the least amount of marriage points mm-hmm. the idea is um you progress through the game taking turns drawing a card um cards can be events so you could be it can be stuff like your sister-in-law talks shit about you behind your back so lose three charisma it doesn't oh, actually, okay. it doesn't say that all of this is in the language of the game so it's like <laughs> you can imagine that, it doesn't drop the s <laughs> <laughs> hopefully this is a rated m podcast Whoops. um no. <laughs> uh I'll, I'll i'll dial that down no, it'll fine. say, you know, Lady Mary's sister um, talked bad to Mr. Talked about her to Mr. Darcy. So she's got to lose two charisma points. Yeah. Or it could be things like um, Mr. Darcy had a spontaneous family member die. So he's going to be, right, okay. he, he's not even available in this for the rest of this. So, you know, unless you have the, meet these certain requirements, you won't be, he'll be, he won't be available till the end of the game. So you mm. have to make the choice of, well, do I pursue my second most marriage points guy or do I still want to go for Mr. Darcy? Who's my first. And, uh, you take turns and you, you know, everybody takes turns drawing cards and kind of doing whatever the card says. Some cards mm. will give you bonus points to your charisma. Some cards will force other players to lose, you know, beauty points or lose charisma points or intelligence points or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you run out of the deck to draw from, everybody kind of tallies up. It becomes at that point you get into the marriage stage, and that is where oh, right. okay. you you start seeing who the eligible bachelors are because some of them with these event cards could have disappeared, or some of them like you could have gotten knocked up by one of them. So you, you have to you have to marry this guy. Um, All right, cool. There's also a way to win if you're just the um, if you don't get married. So, like, if you collect enough intelligence or charisma or what have you to just stay single to be like, right. you know, the the spinster, you can. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, you okay. you can win it that way. And this game, and I, again, I don't really have much affinity for Jane Austen besides like, you know, I can appreciate it from an outside point of view, but it's not like it's filling up my bookshelves. Um, but the way the cards are written is just delightful. Like it's very funny. It's very cute. Um, I wasn't familiar with the source material. My father-in-law was very familiar with it. And he said like, it all fit very well within like the canon of the Jane Austen verse. (laughs) See, that's the thing. See, sometimes the theme of a game doesn't always matter. It's the fact that the, how the, well, the mechanics kind of, they tie together so well with the theme that if you're not necessarily interested in the theme, you kind of become interested in the theme. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the games that we spoke about um, a while ago was um, Pax Porforiana, which is about the Mexican Revolution. So the mechanics itself and the cards themselves had so much detailed information that while you were actually playing it, 
you ended up kind of um, getting so involved in the story and the history that you learned an awful lot about the kind of the Mexican history as well, which was kind of really, really kind of kind of cool. So, how long does a game normally take then? Um, so the game suggested since we we're playing like with three players to half the deck, and then, mm-hmm. uh, but we found like it was like it was just not enough stuff to do. Like it just wasn't like so we ended up playing the full deck, and I think it took us a, right at an hour. Um, All right. Yeah, so it went pretty quick. Like we had maybe two beers during because we're big drinkers, so we can knock those pine glasses back pretty quick. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, and like I said, like during the time, like the the guy that was waiting on us would come up to like drop off a beer, and he'd be like, "So, like, he, he's got the best hubby, like that kind of thing." And like other people would come up and be like, "What is this?" And uh, yeah, apparently at some point, like. I, I don't know. We were suggesting it for like the staff to do it there because um, they do a game night that sounds mm. mostly like it's cards against humanities and things like that. So, oh, right. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, you that was... need, yeah, you need to kind of get get into there and um, break the back off that. <laughs> well, the issue with that is it's a bunch of like twenty something, like early twenty something waiters and waitresses. So like, I'm not going to go All to right. somebody's house at two o'clock in the morning. Like, it's just not no. going to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even have kids and that's not going to happen. I just have like old man disease or whatever it's called. <laughs> you just like turn up and people would go, what? Yeah. Who are you? <laughs> Did anyone order a pizza? <laughs> I was, uh, I don't know that I've told this story on a podcast before, but, uh, a couple weekends back, I went to Austin to see Gary and Cole's live podcast mm. and Friday night, uh, there's another guy on Slack account for, for this guy named Sean. Um, we met up with him and his girlfriend at this bar it was right oh. by her workplace and all this stuff. And uh, we're walking in and Autumn and I get there first. Autumn is my wife. And Autumn likes, we, we don't normally go to quote unquote bars. Like we go to like restaurants that have a bar or like places that we know. Like we very rarely we're going to like a club, right? Yeah. So I'm totally unprepared when this dude asks me for my ID. <laughs> like I'm just <laughs> totally unprepared. I'm, I'm just used to people knowing me, I guess, which is a very like self-centered thing to say. But Autumn is totally Johnny on the spot or Jane on the spot. Pops yeah. out the ID, no problem. He waves her in. Yeah. I'm scrambling. I've got this tiny little wallet, and it's just, you know, it's like a, I'm just, it's in there somewhere. I know it is, but I can't find it. And the guy looks at me and goes, dude, go ahead, go in. You've got gray in your hair. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> that's not, I'm going to find my ID, damn it. <laughs> I don't want to get in for that reason. Anyway, that's a total, total non sequitur. I'm sorry. That's where you get, like, kind of, um, you get to the point where you're like, I would like to be asked for my ID. <laughs> Exactly. So it sounds like you had fun with Mario, yeah. Mr. Darcy. Um, and, I, and I will say, like, I would, like, after I finished it, I, told, I mentioned that we bought it for my father-in-law to to have. Yeah. Because um, yeah. he's got a lot of friends in his apartment complex, and I thought that might be something fun for him to do. Uh, but now I'm like, shit, I should have bought that for me. <laughs> like, I really, I, kinda, like, now I kind of want a copy of it at the house, and I want to play more card, card games like that. Like, that was a lot of fun. I mean, there's game. I mean, there's games out there that can be kind of good fun for a couple of players. I mean, you've got the old kind of standard. I mean, there's obviously standard games that people talk about. There's one that's like um, Love Letter, um, which people um, talk about, which is... Which can be, I mean, it can be fun with two players. I mean, ideally it wants a little war, but it's a little more. But it's a simple kind of, it's very, very simple kind of mechanical kind of car game where you try to avoid, <clears throat> you try to avoid basically getting rid of the princess. You're essentially trying to be a um, knock, you try to knock other people out. Um, 
based on the kind of the mechanics that are used on each of the each of the kind of the cards. And that's you know that's a pretty good game. You've also got Hive as well, which is a kind of a cross between kind of like chess. Um, it's very like chess. You get kind of like it's almost like little hex hexagonal tiles, and each of them have like an insect on them, uh, or a spider in one of the cases. And based on the tile that you put down, um, you put the tiles down, and then the tiles have kind of like different moves. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, like say um, an ant can move anywhere around any of the tiles on the ground. So these tiles basically form almost like the board themselves. So you put down all the tiles, yeah. And then once all the tiles are down, you can then decide what you're going to do movement-wise with the individual tiles. So the ants can move all the way around the tiles that you've laid down. The spiders can move like three spaces and that's it. Um, You've got a queen bee, which in order to win, you've got to surround the opponent's queen bee with all of your... um, either all of yours or all of your opponent's kind of um, insects so the queen bee has no place to kind of move. Um, there's kind of little stag beetles that can jump up on top of tiles then jump back down again. Um, there's, And that's a kind of a really good game between two players because it's one of these things it takes maybe an hour or two to learn, but actually going on to kind of master it kind of going forward does take an awful long time for you hmm. to kind of do that. So, I mean, I'd recommend that. You've got the kind of the old favourites. I mean, you have got things like Car- um, Carcassonne, which, again, can be is all about kind of like a land grab. You put mm-hmm. your tiles down, and then based on where you're going, you put kind of like your meeples down as well. And based on where you put your kind of your meeples, your little wooden meeples, you can put down kind of um, kind of little... Um, you get additional points for kind of being in control of the land, and that yeah. can kind of be kind of good fun as well. I played I mean, that on the 360 because um, they did a yes, yeah, they did a like a Xbox Arcade yes. version of that. So I've I've played yeah. I played that for a good bit actually. Like, I, but I was just playing against the computer, and I never was particularly good at it. But I imagine like playing that with my wife or like a couple of people at the table would be a lot more fun. Yeah, I mean that's that's good fun. I mean Hive's good as a little kind of two-player game mm-hmm. and love letter would probably also um yeah i mean love letter would be a good game it's a these are all kind of relatively kind of light games i mean i guess the danger with bringing out say um a big huge kind of board game is people get intimidated because you have to spend kind of 45 minutes kind of explaining the rules mm-hmm. um you get kind of there's older classic games that have come out i mean one of the games i was playing today um with the kids was kind of Escape from Atlantis. Okay. Now, um, that was a game that was out years and years ago. Um, I don't know if it was Milton Bradley. I think it was maybe Milton Bradley. And the idea is you get tiles, which are, again, hexagonal tiles, which are slightly different kind of heights. And you lay them out to form an island. And then you have little guys on the island. And the idea is you get them off this crumbling island and you put them to the safety of little kind of beaches in the corner of the board oh yeah i've heard of this i can't remember why i've heard of this this sounds yeah i remember thinking yeah yeah, i remember thinking i need to look into that of course i never did so no i mean that's um and it's a very very simple game you basically you get three moves you then remove a bit of the island that's there and what that does is that either reveals a whale or a shark or um um 
it reveals a whale or a shark or a boat or a whirlpool. Um, and the idea is each of your little meeple guys has a little value on the bottom of them. Bottom of them, and depending on when you get all your guys to shore at the end of the game, when you flip over one of the one of the last kind of tiles and it has like a volcanic eruption, that means the game ends, and it means that everybody kind of tots up their total score, and um, and that's how you win. And that's again kind of I guess a light game, so you can kind of it's I guess it's about. There are kind of like, you could play that kind of quite easily, kind of two-player. I guess what you would probably want to do is you could bring in, there are some, yeah, you could bring in kind of like, use more than just one set of players. So people get like two or three turns at a go. Oh, if you want I see. To, so you can like, yeah. you're be like, like Patty was talking about on his episode, he was, he was playing that game, yeah. whatever that game was, yeah. solo, like where he was controlling two different decks, I yeah. think, at the same time. Yeah. yeah, so that's what you would do. You would control, like, almost like, you would decide, oh, I'm going to play as green and blue, sure. and you're going to play as yellow and red, and it would give, like, obviously <laughs> kind of more options to play and stuff. So there are quite a few games. It's getting the balance of getting a game. You can't, well, I guess there's more involved games. I mean, in terms of gateway stuff, there are kind of slightly more involved games which are still thoroughly enjoyable. Um, a couple of episodes ago, we talked about um, Letters from Whitechapel, yeah? Okay. And um, Letters from Whitechapel is basically the police against Jack the Ripper. Now, we played that with four players and we had an absolute blast, but you could quite easily have one person playing Jack the Ripper and the other person playing the police force. And that would kind of work quite well, and it's quite easy to have people kind of dropping in and out. And it I, is like, a, I like that a lot. Like if one person trying to chase the other one, like we don't do much competitive stuff. Like when we play games, we want to kind of play co-op stuff. But that sounds really, really cool. Like that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. No, it is. I mean, because um, obviously everybody's trying to work towards kind of like the common, um, the common good. Whereas obviously Jack the Ripper's trying to get away with, you know, get away with murder. There are more involved games. I mean, there's more kind of simplistic games. There's very... One of the games I'm a big fan of is, and we're going to cover it eventually in one of the episodes that me and Colin do, is um, is we're not... is, um, is uh, Mice and Mystics. And Mice and Mystics is... You remember things like HeroQuest? Um, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, imagine HeroQuest, but the, the kind of the heroes in it are little mice. And the bad guys that you're facing off are little, little like spiders and rats and things like that, yeah? Mm-hmm. So imagine if you had that kind of level of dungeon crawler, but the, art, the artwork in it is fantastic, and there's a kind of a very, very well, beautifully illustrated and beautifully told story kind of all the way through. And it's very, very gentle, but it can also be quite tough once you get so far kind of like into the game and into the level as well. So that's also kind of like a game that could be worthwhile kind of picking up for. In terms of cost-wise, I mean, Love Letter, Hive, even probably uh, Carcassonne you can pick up. They're not going to cost an awful lot of money. I know that mice, you know, things like Letters from Whitechapel are probably going to be about the best part of maybe $40. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you're going Mice and Mystics get slightly more kind of expensive. But these are all kind of good games that are kind of like... I would say they're kind of very, very kind of decent kind of entry games that two people can sit around, play, and ha- and have a decent fun. But it can still be easy enough so that if you do get somebody that's coming in that hasn't been playing board games an awful lot, 
that they can jump in and if they've got a bit of guidance, um, they could definitely kind of um, they could definitely kind of um, kind of join in. That letters letters from Whitechapel would probably be a good. It's funnily enough, it'd probably be a good one to you know to take down the pub because <laughs> you would definitely get kind of people entering. Kind how of long definitely... is it? Like how long would a normal game last if like, like one person was playing the police or? Um, we managed to get through it in about forty-five minutes to an hour. Okay, so yeah, because we usually spend like maybe about three, three and a half hours, like hanging out, like having beers at the at, the, at our local place. So like that's perfect. Like that'd be like yeah, not the whole that. time, but like the you know just like no. we could start the day with that, and then that just like you know yeah. chill get your stuff like that, get a couple of people, and you can make it a lot as long as you want. It depends how many people are actually kind of getting involved, but it could be something that you could even say, okay, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a, a murder mystery night. <laughs> kind of thing. Oh, what we're we gonna do? Well, we're just gonna play Letters from Whitechapel because it's good fun, and you you know you can obviously you can uh, take it from there because it is yeah it's yeah if you haven't listened to the if for listeners out there if you haven't listened to the episode um, why not? But yeah. if you haven't, what's wrong with you? What are, what are no, you doing? No, go listen. Go no, listen to them. Don't threaten them. Let's not. Let's <laughs> not. Let's not scare them off. We, um, we like our five listeners. We wouldn't want them to go down to four for any reason <laughs> whatsoever. But uh, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, that was, um, if that's kind of what you're looking for. But there's so many different board games. You get some really, really kind of light ones you can get into. There's obviously the heavier ones that we talk about. We talk about, like, Scythe, which is a, you know, a really new game that's come out. We talked about Catacombs as well, which is like a dexterity game. Mm-hmm. Um Flick them up if you like kind of dexterity games. That's like a pub game. Um, if you were looking for maybe um, something very very simple, you could kind of take into the pub as well. There's a game I believe called Skulls and Roses, <laughs> which that's I don't know. It's really tweaking my Guns and Roses bone for some reason. Yeah, I was like, yep, I immediately yep. like it. <laughs> yep, you could be mine. Um, but yeah, I mean that's another one. It's a very very simple card game. Um, where some people have skulls, some people have roses. Um, I'm not, I've not played it myself, but um, from what I've heard, it's good fun and it's also very, very cheap, inexpensive. Um, nothing is cheap, but yeah, it's inexpensive to kind of pick, to kind of pick up as well. So yeah, I mean, I would suggest if you're looking for kind of stuff to, I guess, suggest get off the shelf at mm-hmm. the local shop, then that would be definitely worthwhile. I mean, is there anything that you've, again, you've maybe seen that you thought? Mm, that might be good, or you kind of, this is you've kind of landed on the island of board gaming, and you're you're kind of like doing the Tom Hanks and Castaway. You're just trying to figure <laughs> out where Wilson the, is. <laughs> the first thing I did was uh, pick up a volleyball and make it my friend, and now I'm looking for <laughs> board games that I can play with me in the volleyball, where I pretend to be the volleyball. <laughs> and yeah, so <laughs> it's gonna be and, it's gonna be a uh, weird movie, is what I'm saying. The sequel to uh, <laughs> Castaway. It's Castaway Two, starring Jeremy Greer and um, Matt Damon as the volleyball, which is weird. <laughs> you wouldn't expect. I would just wonder how is that how if he could stretch to acting like that. Oh, he could possibly. Can you imagine that's Oscar material? He d- he does have a very kickable face, so I would assume, I will assume yes. <laughs> oh no! Wait, volleyball. You don't use you don't use your feet on volleyballs. Oh shit! <laughs> I should have said a soccer ball. Oh no! <laughs> I messed up. I messed up the goof. That's all. No, it's all good. It's all um, good. It's fine. Yeah, those are all great suggestions. I really appreciate that. I looked up no, um, no. Escape from Atlantis while we were sitting here, and it's like thirty five dollars on Amazon, and I can get it like tomorrow. So I'm gonna. 
I'll send it to the wife to see if she kind of digs the theme and then we'll go from there. Well, I mean, it's a good, I mean, it's a little bit of a laugh. I think, you know, Hive, if she likes a bit of something a little bit more intellectual, then Hive's really good because it is chess, but it's not kind of chess and it's really tactical and my kids absolutely love it. Um, but my kids are getting to the point where they can easily beat me on it. And you know, at the beginning when you're playing a game, you're like, okay, I'll, I'll kind of let them have that move. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then you get to the point where you're like, actually, I'm really having to think about this because they go like this. They go, I'm just going to put down my um, ant here. And they go, that's fine. I'm putting this spider here. I'm moving it three spaces. I've just absolutely destroyed you. And you're just like, <laughs> what? Damn. When did you get smart? <laughs> and how? You are not even in high school yet. What's wrong with you? <laughs> but to answer um, your question, no, I, I haven't really seen anything. Like I've been, I've been listening to back episodes of um, this interesting podcast that I know called "We're Not Wizards" to nah, get, get some okay. ideas. Um, you, I fast forward through most of it, but it's it's all right. Uh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> but other than that, I'm just like I'm kind of lurking in the tabletop room on the duck feed slack to get kind of suggestions, and then uh, just kind of poking around and see. Like every once in a while, like I'll send something to the wife and be like, "Hey, does this pique your interest?" And if she's kind of interested, like I'll as soon as I because I, I can tell, like I can tell if she's interested, and I'll be I'll just order it, and one day she'll come home and I'll have it like set up and like okay. Here's, Here a gla- Here's a glass of wine. Like you have no excuse. Like, Let's do the thing. Candles and roses and a trail well, of roses. Wait, hold, hold on, Three, hold on. That's yeah. only when we're drinking in the bathroom. <laughs> that's a totally different situation. <laughs> that's only for passing out on the bathroom floor. That's no. that's yeah. That's the roses that's and stuff. No. Yeah. That's not. That's I'm assuming not. for board games, you need a brightly lit room and you need to be naked. So with a video camera going, that's well. That that's how we record the podcast. <laughs> Turn off the Skype camera. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. I put a t-shirt on for you especially. Um, <laughs> I wish it wasn't a t-shirt of another guy naked, though, that I can only assume is Colin. <laughs> like, where did you even get that t-shirt? <laughs> um, my birthday. <laughs> um, he said, you know, it's going out and it's a birthday suit. So ah, there you go. Yeah. Um, now, one of the other things that we talk about is um, is kind of give them a kick. No. Sure. There is, a, you know, obviously... <sighs> Let's get this out of the open. You're a big Dark Souls fan. I, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if you, you know, I know we jest about Lords of the Fallen and other things like that and how obviously, you know, Dark Souls has aged terribly and it's janky frame rate and it's really not worth looking at anymore. <laughs> See? Ah! Um, I, I don't think it deserves a remaster. I'm just oh, putting man. That- <laughs> You're killing me. You're killing me. Yeah, I'm a big Dark Souls fan, and uh, when the board game Kickstarter was announced, man, yeah. I, I had... Here, here's the thing with me, is I knew I could cancel it. So the very first thing I did was backed it, because looking at the yeah. way that it was structured, I was like, okay, I want to be in on the ground floor of this. Like, if I'm mm. going to go in, I'm going to go in hard. I just didn't yeah. know if I wanted to stay in. Like So I went in, and I think it was like 80 pounds, which is basically moon money to me. So I just... I don't know even know how much American dollars that was. I just told my wife it was not a lot. Um, At the moment, in terms of the exchange rate, it's going to be about $105 or something. Okay. And then uh, as I watched it, like, and I wasn't really in it for the board game. Like, I watched the video of them kind of showing the game off, and I was like, okay, well, that's interesting and cool. Like, it's not really my thing, but like, okay, sure, I could could maybe see trying that out. I like the fact that you could play it solo, because I figured... 
I'm going to get this thing. At the very least, I should play it once. But there's going to be nobody I know in real life that's going to want to play this thing. Um, and oh, then, um, I, can just, I was just shifting uncomfortably in my seat there. <laughs> just imagining you kind of going, okay, and there's a creeping dragon and a gaping dragon's coming up to you and you're saying like that. He's going to smash you in his little face. Oh, no, not the creeping dragon. Leave me alone, creeping dragon. Oh, no. And look, he's going to summon somebody. Oh, look, who's he summoning? Oh, look, he's summoning. Captain America! Bam, 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 bam! <laughs> I was uh, going to say loud track, but obviously, you know, because uh, uh, I know the summon in the depths, but you know, I was picturing I was like a go kid, like just mashing his action figures together. Like he's got the big Tupperware, <laughs> the plastic bin of action figures. And he's like, and Captain America is going to fight, uh, he man. Uh, <laughs> and they're going to, they're going to, I don't even know what this soldier is from. Why is he from world war two? We shouldn't be glorifying those kind of wars. Why do I have this toy, mom? I was a very introspective child. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I was I was into it. Like the figurines yeah. are what brought me into it. Like this, the, mm. the gaping dragon thing was huge, and like all of the figures looked super cool. And so I was like, okay, yeah. well, a hundred bucks. Like I will buy this, and I will arrange it artfully on a shelf one day, and I will be totally happy. And if I ever come across somebody who's good at painting figurines, I will pay them to do so. And that that would there's going to be there's no doubt with all the all the what happens with these things is there will be somebody that has bought. 10 of these mm-hmm. and then you're going to see about six months after they get released that they will be they'll be basically selling oh, the dark souls why did i think of that copy. i could have just waited for about, <laughs> yeah for about probably about five five hundred six hundred dollars oh well I mean, i'm not gonna the well, that, campaign that's, it's, that's gonna be worth it yeah i can see that yeah i mean the campaign was a uh, an out and out success what interested me about the dark souls kind of board game was how they were going to get the mechanics across because traditionally in any type of dungeon type game you're generally you've got movement points and then once you do a movement you do an action or you do an action then you do a movement and a movement you obviously can consist of you moving around the board the action will consist of you throwing a spell or healing or using an item or attacking somebody and as you know with the dark souls thing um I was reading, I, I actually, kind of knowing I was going to speak to you, I went back and I revisited what the mechanics were. And what they're doing is they're doing a very, very kind of interesting mechanic between stamina and hit points. Mm-hmm. So that you'll have your stamina and your hit points are all in one track, which is really, really unusual. So basically, um, if you, you'll have... You're, you're the the guys you're facing in the dungeon, yeah. So if you're up against, say, the dancer of Boreal Valley, that figurine will be placed in there. It'll be shuffled in its own behavior deck. So this is where the single player element comes in. You'll be able to control the dancer of the Boreal Valley by playing cards. So it you'll flip a card and it'll say, okay, it uses this attack. And what they do is they actually sector off the figurine into like a north, south, east, and west. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then <clears throat> if you, what it'll do is it'll say, okay, it's going to use this double sword attack. And it's just going to do that right to the north. So if you're in, if you're, if you happen to be in its north area, you're potentially going to suffer kind of damage. Yeah? Okay. However, Obviously, because it's attacking in the north, it means that its south, it's basically its butt, is prone for you to, to get a hit in. Mm-hmm. So if it's 
it's not saying, okay, I'm going to use this attack and I'm going to attack the person straight on. It's saying, I'm attacking in this direction using this attack. If people are in their way, they're going to be in trouble. If people are behind me, that means that they can get an attack in. <clears throat> now, you could go in and you can decide to do, say, two smacks with your sword, which, as you know, in Dark Souls, kind of drain, might drain your stamina bar depending on where, you, where you're going. What it does in the board game, as far as I'm aware, is that it adds points to your stamina bar. And, it, and on the opposite side of the track, if you've got wounds, as you get hit, your wounds kind of increase. So if they meet in the middle, as in mm, if you use too much too stamina, much stamina. Okay, okay. and you have enough wounds, then that basically your entire bar is filled up. And that means you're basically, you're killed, you're dead. So at the end, beginning of every move, you automatically kind of remove, you've got the ability to, I think, to remove a certain amount of stamina. So you've obviously got enough moves to kind of keep you going. It also means that if you've attacked three or four times in a row, then your stamina could be so high that you maybe have to, like you do in Dark Souls, you have to back off for a bit and maybe, you know, back off for a bit away from where the attack could be. Mm -hmm. So they're really trying to embrace how the attack system would work. Um, it obviously, they're still involved dice, so there's a bit of a chance. Um, they've brought in, um, and you've got the AI deck as well, which means that the dancer could decide to do a 360-degree attack. Um, it won't be obviously as strong as it doing it kind of straight on, but it'll probably take out kind of like a bit of a damage. They've also introduced kind of treasure as well, Um They've got the treasure chest in there. They've pretty much got most of the things that you would expect from Dark Souls. I guess the only thing they seem to be missing is the kind of the moving between the different rooms, as in you actually doing the um, the kind of, I guess, the journey. You know, you, you, you're kind of facing up against the boss door, so you're up against like a, a kind of a mid-level boss as well as a high-level boss, and that's where it kind of looks. I'm interested to see where they go with this um i'm interested to see the logistics side of things because that's the only thing i think that could make things kind of um kind of sour i know that they've gone a bit quiet on the radar mm -hmm. um, i'm guessing because they're working up to the kind of the, the pledge manager because obviously they took was it about three i think it was about three million dollars yeah it was insane like it was just an, a massive a massive amount of money for what and I'm sure they didn't expect that. Like, I'm sure they expected no. it to be big, but there's a certain yeah. amount of fear. Like I, and I can only be, imagine being my, being in their shoes and thinking, okay, like we're going to release this dark souls thing. It's going to be pretty complicated. We'll probably like yeah. raise 500,000 bucks and we're going to make it and we're going to do the best we can. And then all of a sudden you're sitting on eight times of that or six times of that. And then you're like, Oh shit. Now we have to make it really good. <laughs> I, know. We have to take, as we, I think we said, um, we said, um, oh, well, you have to take all the post-it notes down off of the planning board and pretty much use them, which I think I think they've actually ended up with guys like Lautrec and they've ended up, um, yeah, I mean, you've got your roster of characters. You've got um, Sigmeier, <laughs> you know, pretty much everybody from, from the original Dark Souls game. And even, I think, Dark Souls 2 is turning up. I think Lucatil has turned up. Mm -hmm. I know and, that Solaire um, has turned up as well. You know. Some of the NPC, yeah, from Dark Souls 2, noted, mm -hmm. noted NPC Solaire. Um, <laughs> they've also got some like NPC invaders I saw, like some 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 of the weird ones that got introduced from uh, Scholar of the First Sin. Uh, yeah. 
So that's they got they got some like a, a collection of characters in there that I'm really interested in. Like that stuff looks really good. I'm interested to see they've got a pledge manager that will open up, and the, basically for those who um, generally in a, in a Kickstarter phase, yes, you have your original Kickstarter phase, but after the Kickstarter phase is finished, usually within a couple of months of the Kickstarter finishing, there'll be like a pledge manager that will open up. Now the pledge manager does two things: it allows you to confirm your shipping address and maybe. You've and you know, change payment details, but it also allows you to purchase kind of additional components. And this has become quite popular thing amongst some of the bigger, um, some of the some of the bigger companies that they kind of like have additional kind of items that you can buy. Now, the good thing about the Dark Souls um, Kickstarter is they could have done this so many ways that would have given them left a bitter taste in people's mouths. And one of them was to bring out Kickstarter exclusives. Mm-hmm. Um, they were the they were very upfront saying, from the very beginning, saying like, yeah. "We don't want any of this stuff yeah. to be exclusive. No. We want to we want no. people to be able to buy this stuff." It'll be in the retail stores. You can get a hold of this. This is going to be in the retail stores. You can have this, and it's a kind of a um, it's a testament to them that the fact that they're going to like they've opened up they're going to open up a pledge manager to basically you can go in and you can buy calamite i think <laughs> yeah yeah i wasn't into the calamite statue so much but um man the uh the dark root expansion is the one that i actually ponied up for ahead of time like when they introduced that i was like oh wow there's tiny mushroom men in here i have to have this like there are tiny <laughs> just mushroom the ones punch so hard have you seen um in every year uh, I think I want to always say that it's WonderCon but I might be wrong but it's some weird convention and every year there are these tiny little Dark Souls figures that show up and they're freaking adorable like there's tiny little mushroom men there's like chibi little petrus there's like chibi you know onion bro like it's it's they're just absolutely adorable and they're never for sale on the internet. They're only for no. sale at this one convention that I think is in like Mars or something. Like it's nowhere, nowhere near <laughs> it's me. The end yeah. of middle, yeah. Uh, the end of it's in the middle of Mordor. Yeah, you exactly. Can get, yeah, you can, you only, can only get there get via get there eagle and cars. Like that's the only way to get there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a. I heard something recently about um, an RPG game about um, them uh, how they got around a campaign which was very very similar to lord of the rings <laughs> and they've kind of just as a quick aside they got they got the treasure and they beat the bad guy and they said okay now let's go and do the journey back and they went nah we're not gonna do that <laughs> we're good we're just gonna chill <laughs> we're here. good we're just gonna do it just like that taxi for hogmeister sure absolutely <laughs> i think they pretty much use magic to travel back to where they would save themselves about six weeks of a campaign and uh... good yeah. we're done oh, we're, we're just gonna, gonna put go up to a it. shop and yeah. we're, we're we're good no, but yeah but no, I, I really I... like the uh dark root stuff i think that was the only expansion i bought though because i think they, there was like there was the black dragon one which i didn't mm. i didn't particularly feel like that represented calamite very well and then i got to thinking about it and i was like i don't think that like I like that fight, but I don't particularly have any kind of love for Calamite. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, if it's gonna be anything, like if there's my favorite Drake in Dark Souls, it'll probably be the Hellkite Drake because, like, that dude. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but there's I, removable yeah. little Drake sword tail. Sure. Yeah, that'd be per. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be perfect. You take off the tail and you just like pull the Drake sword out of a slot from its butt, that and then you can just put the tail awesome. back on. <laughs> absolutely awesome. oh yes fantastic but yeah i mean no i mean i think what they're going to do is they're going to get another big boost of funding when it comes to the um 
I think when it comes to this pledge manager, because people will be able to go in and buy. So I think if you wanted the full set, now we did the maths and it was about 300 pounds. It was going to be about $400 in total to buy everything. So you can imagine with, this is Dark Souls and this is potentially, there will be people that will say, well, I want to get it now because I can't guarantee then maybe I'll be able to get it another time. Mm-hmm. Um, you imagine the amount of additional money they're going to make when they open up the pledge manager as well. It's going to be pretty decent. So we'll just have to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's the, that, that we'll see how that'll run, break out. I mean, um, I think the next thing they have to look at is obviously the, the logistics side of things and see how that kind of works out for them as well. Um, It'll be interesting because that is one of the things that might let down the Kickstarter afterwards. Isn't necessarily the game itself, but also how they deliver that. So it'll be interesting. Obviously, we'll keep an eye. And, you know, if there's anything that comes up, then then uh, we'll, um, you know, we'll keep we'll keep an eye on that as well. Mm-hmm. So it should, should be good. Um, anyway, obviously, one of the last things, Things we do is to we do the kind of the shout out section of the show. So, okay. well, first of all, I mean, obviously, thanks for spending so long talking to me. Um, where can we find you? I mean, you obviously you mentioned very quickly, kind of don't give up skeleton. If you want to touch on that um, quickly, sure. And then obviously we can talk about like where people can actually find you on the interwebs. Okay. Um, okay. So the the best place, if you just want to chat on the internet, uh, the best place to do that is on Twitter. And Mm. I'm at J.G. Greer. uh, J-G-G-R-E-E-R. Just send me a message. I'm, you know, I don't, I try to respond pretty quickly. Sometimes I don't. But yeah, I I love talking to people on Twitter. So uh, feel free to message me there. Um, Mm. I'm a part of two podcasts, uh, one of which is called Don't Give Up Skeleton. Um, that's a very no. Dark Souls-focused podcast. The idea is to interview people about their start and kind of s- stories within the Dark Souls series or the From Software series. Yes. Um, my original idea was to find people who um, were a part of the community, but not necessarily a active or a, a contributor to the community. So in other words, like there's, yeah. a ton, there's a ton of people making YouTube videos. There's a ton of people making podcasts. Uh, I kind of wanted to find people that didn't do either and hear what they have yeah. to say. And then I proceeded to fill up like the first 10 episodes with YouTube personalities and podcast people <laughs> and, uh, and Dark Souls celebrities. Um, although there is, it's like within those 10 episodes, um, I think about uh, there's two ladies that I interviewed. One is Emily B and one is Catherine. I think Catherine was like the fourth or fifth episode. Um, yeah. both, both of those people are, they've contributed in their own way, but like, they're not quote unquote famous in the community and they're not, they, they don't shout into a microphone once a week like I do. So, yeah. uh, th- their perspective on the series was, was super they're, interesting. Yeah. They're fascinating because it's, um, it's almost like having, um, it's almost like having say 10 people looking on something and giving their own kind of eyewitness account of what they saw. So you get everything from a technical kind of take on something like say the illusory wall episode oh yeah to yeah. then say like one with um you know like say um what you did was was it um josh was it joshua uh, josh, josh Crow, morbid beard yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. who had hadn't been that long into the series and had basically discovered dark souls um in the bloodborne 
um, area of things. And I think he'd gone back to it. So there's interesting stories from different people that were in at the very, very beginning all the way through to people that have just got into it and then kind of played back. The, what I like about what you've done with Don't Give Up Skeleton is the fact that every episode is kind of like independent as well. So you can jump between episodes quite easily with not, and you're never feeling you're kind of losing anything. They're kind of like self-contained, which is obviously kind of very, very attractive. So if you haven't listened to it, um, if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to it, and just the human, the humanity side of it, using a Dark Souls pun is very, very kind of interesting because usually there's a very, very good story about behind why people are playing it as well. There's some very, very kind of um, touching stuff. And Paddy Stardust, who was on this show not too long ago, he's he's got an episode himself, and that's just it's a very, very interesting listen. So um, yeah, I would definitely. Paddy um, was so much fun, was so much fun to talk to. Like him and I've and Paddy, his, his podcasting partner CJ are both just a delight to have just a, a conversation yeah. with. Yeah. They're, they're, they're also uh, notably the most, the longest episodes when I, <laughs> when I, when I came up with this idea, I thought like, okay, a quick 30 minute podcast, I can record a bunch of these. I can release two a week and like, yeah. it'll be like on a Tuesdays and Thursdays, you'll have 30 minutes to listen to the stories. And it's just not enough yeah. time. Um, very quickly learned. It was just not enough time. So they've, <laughs> they go to about 45 minutes. Um, I try to keep them below 50, but a lot of times I'm, I'm getting to that hour range. Um, no, that's, it's just easy when it, it just, that's just, yeah. just how these things happen. The other thing that you're involved in is, um, dark insight. Absolutely. Um, dark insight yeah. is a podcast that was started, uh, by, Clifford Goldsmith, a.k.a. Death Note. Uh, mm. He was listening to Twin Humanities and uh, listening to Bloodborne. Or listening to Bloodborne, geez. He started playing Bloodborne, which is his first Souls game. Uh, and that kind of inspired him to find the community we have on Twitter. Uh, I heard his name via Twin Humanities, CJ and Patty's podcast. He was writing in emails that caused me to look him up on Twitter. Me and him got to talking. And at some point he said, well, I'm going to start a podcast of my own. And released a 30 minute thing where he's talking into a microphone. Uh, and I listened to that and enjoyed it. He quickly after that partnered up with a guy named Vader. Yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. And they started podcasting together because the only thing that's better than one white man's opinion is two white man opinions. So, um, <laughs> as we know, <laughs> so they, they, they started doing it on a, uh, every other weekly basis. At some point they invited yeah. me to be on the episode, be on a, as a guest because they were kind of looking for guests and then around episode 13, they said, uh, hey, we we really want a third person because the only thing better than two white men opinions are <laughs> three <laughs> white men opinions. Um, uh-huh. So we uh, and I think what kicked that off is we had done a Dark Souls three special uh, that yeah. had very, very good. It was very, very successful. Me, Vader and uh, this guy named Sean, a.k.a. the Lore Hunter. Lore Hunter, um, yeah. Had all played. Yeah. Uh, had all played the beta for dark souls three or the network test. Excuse me. And yeah. uh, so we did like a three hour podcast about this network test, which is just the, like, not even the whole of the first area of dark souls three. Like, not even, yeah, just a part of it. Um, and that went over very well. Like I thought it went, it was a really good podcast. We had a good time with it. And then they said, Hey, why don't you come do this on a regular basis? And I said, okay, let's do it. So yeah, now I me mean, Vader and cliff host it. And Yeah. That's and we talk about it. I mean, we do regularly kind yeah. of 
shout out, give you guys shout outs as well. You do, and I really, really, can... really appreciate that. No, well, you know, you were like, on, you, you know. were on Dark Insight. We should say just a couple of episodes ago. Um, yeah, twenty two, as I said. Twenty two. Yeah, I don't know. 22. I don't know. I couldn't tell you what episode we're on now. Download that. That's the best one. It is absolutely. It's yeah. one of the best. It's one of the best ones. What did you we call yourself? Do... You said uh, you were. You didn't say Death Note. Like you, said, you made some pun that was just Sick. amazing. Sick note, sick, was that what it is? Sick, yes, absolutely. Because Clifford wasn't well, yeah. call myself sick note. Sick note. And then the Listen, last thing sign, you, you can find yeah. me on is Dark Souls haters. If you are interested yes. in the PvP side of Dark Souls and you've ever been sent a mean message, you should go to darksoulshaters.tumblr.com and all of the information on how to get that that those mean messages to me is is there and you can send them to me and I will yeah. post it. And you should look absolutely. at the absolute filth that is Dark Souls haters. <laughs> so... It just is like st- staring into your soul. But no, listen, thank you very much no, for joining. No, 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 no. Evening, thank you. Know? you. No. I appreciate no, no, the thank, invitation. Yes, I appreciate thanks. you. This was a long recording session and it's all my fault. So thank you very much for staying with me. No, they won't notice that because we'll, we'll edit it out and it'll be hello and then it'll be bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Shortest <laughs> podcast ever. <laughs> no, yeah, no. No, um, <clears throat> no again, um, again, just to say if you want to stay in tune with what we're doing you can catch us on facebook which is facebook.com forward slash we're not wizards you can catch us on twitter at we're not wizards you can catch us on instagram forward slash we're not wizards you can catch us on stitcher and acast and itunes which i can never remember the address because itunes are not very good at doing search engine friendly urls for the podcasts because that's apple for you um Again, just Jeremy, um, this was kind of a bit, it was all kind of organized a bit short notice. So I appreciate you jumping in this evening and um, I've had a lot of fun. I have too. This has been an absolute blast. This has been, been, oh yeah. And we managed to talk about board games as well and and still managed to talk about Dark Souls. So it's it's all good. Um, Now, but just remember that we are many things, but we're not We're wizards. Not wizards. <laughs> not wizards, Jeremy. What are we not? We're not wizards. <laughs> not wizards. Get I love that tagline. That tagline is excellent. I wish I had a good tagline for mine. So, <clears throat> just don't give up. I don't know why I don't say "Don't give up, skeleton" at the end of "Don't give up, skeleton." Why have I not thought of that in thirty episodes that I've recorded of that dumb podcast? Just, oh my god! Just remember, have you not just done remember, it? Just remember, I've it. never done it once, Richard. Not a single just time. Just remember, don't give up, don't skeleton. Give up skeleton. Oh, don't give up, skeleton. I'm gonna have you to go have back to and it. edit all of those podcasts. <clears throat> Thank you very I much, Richard. I appreciate that's it. That's fine. We'll do the we'll do the outro music, which is "Don't give up, skeleton." Keep. <laughs> On rolling those dices, don't give up skeleton. Remember to put it at the end of your podcast. There you go. <laughs> uh, that's great. thanks again. Okay, bye everyone. Say bye, Jeremy. Bye bye. Bye.